Hey guys, this is actually the second part of our chat with David Ross. So if you haven't listened to the first part already, go back to the list of episodes and check that out first. Enjoy. So I pulled out at that point. And when I got back to England, finally, I went to see a cardiologist and they diagnosed mm. me with cardiomyopathy. So mm. a lot of run, ultra runners do have sort of an enlarged heart. Yes. But that's not really an excuse for not finishing hundreds. <laughs> Really not, you know. <laughs> so, don't have to shed any tears for me and I'm not asking for any sympathy. <laughs> Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. And let's talk about the next race, which you mentioned before was Comrades. Yeah. Let's let's talk about comrades. How many times did you do it? Well, I've done it fifteen times. Yeah. Mm. I first started running in two thousand. Um, the first time I ever did it was I did about ten hours thirty six minutes, and I was just all over the place. Really, I didn't really know how to run ultras properly then. Mm. That was my first big ultra, I suppose, fifty six mm. miles. It was from Durban. That particular one was sorry from Maritzburg to Durban. The down right. run, down which completely okay. thrashes your quads. <laughs> um, so at 89 kilometers and we actually finished in the Kings Park Stadium you started Scottsville like horse racing course mm. um, and then you run all the way down and the last 15 kilometers you can start seeing the Durban beachfront the Indian Ocean and you yes. start getting excited you know? <laughs> and then you're sort of nearly at the point where you're going okay well I'm just about there now but you're not quite there but the thing about that race is it's still quite warm because it's usually run in June. We'll be mm -hmm. running again this year. Mm. And, um, yeah, the down run certainly is, is a tough one to do. And I didn't really know how to pace myself. Mm. So I got to Drummond, which is about 27 and a half miles in, just over a marathon, about a mile over a marathon. And I was already starting to cramp. So I thought this is going to be a really tough day in the saddle. Yeah. And then at one point, I just carried on about 20 kilometers down the road. Someone threw a Coke bottle, rolled a Coke bottle on the road in front of me, one of these big plastic Coke bottles. Yeah. And I jumped over it. Both legs went at the same time. Massive cramps. And oh, no. it took me about 15 minutes to, to sort of massage out the cramps. And basically, it was a basically a death march for the last bit of the race. Ooh. When I finished, I just virtually got pot went over the sort of finishing line and I collapsed. <laughs> the medics came with the stretcher because it looks like a war zone at the end of comrades anyone <laughs> yeah, it really does um put me on the old stretcher and i had to be given iv drips i was basically you know peeing blood a lot and uh, um, mm. i had near renal failure really oh gosh so put me on the iv drips for a while then after about two liters of saline dextrose sent me off to go and see if i could wee again and it was all red Mm. So wow. you've still got kidney, bit of kidney damage. You better go back on. So gave me another two, and I was just shaking uncontrollably and and getting very cold as well. You know, mm -hmm. body starts shutting down. Very low pulse rate and everything. So I was sort of like quite scared after that. You know, and I thought, no, nah, I'm never doing comrades again. No, nah, that's it. No, no more ultras. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Famous and, last words. Uh, Famous last words. So three years I was, later, I was, back I was gonna say wanting more. You know. Was there any Coke in that bottle? Maybe you should have stopped and had some. It might have helped with the cramping. <laughs> yeah, all the electrolytes. No, unfortunately not. And let me ask you, when you finished the, that race, did you sign up next year that day? 
<laughs> uh, it wasn't for the next year. I, I sort of took a bit of time out to think about what I'd done and then get it right. Now, so it took you to start running properly. And yeah. Of course it would. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm curious because it seems like Comrades is never one and done. So what is the draw to bring people back year after year? Other than obviously wanting to try it in both directions, but what's hmm. the draw? Well, okay, there's a few draws actually. I mean, the way that Comrades set up this iconic ultramarathon is that if you do a back-to-back, -back, which is one up, one down, or a double down in the years when they've got double down, like for example, this year's another down run, and last year was the postponed 100th anniversary right. of the race, because it should have been in, 19, in 2021, mm -hmm. but just because of the pandemic, we couldn't actually go ahead with that, so it got put forward. So last year was the centenary year. So they've decided to do another down run now, and it finishes in the Moses Medeva Stadium. So it's actually 91 kilometers now. Oh, wow. It's actually longer than it ever has been before. Mm. So hopefully Camille Heron, when she goes back and tries to win it again, I met Camille at the Tunnel Hill 100. Nice. And, uh, at the expo here in Birmingham. And you see, she's great, and she's such a legend. She so is. hopefully she might have a chance of winning it because she, she's a pedigree runner, of course, you know, mm -hmm. as is Ellie Greenwood and, you know, quite a lot of your US athletes that come over and grace the podium. So one of the draws is that you get this lovely back-to-back -back medal if you do the up and the down or double down, which okay. is one carat. The second one is if you, if you do happen to decide you want to actually run 10 comrades, okay. then you get a green number. Oh, okay. But you only get the green number once you've done your 11th. You know, I would you get it when you've done your 10th, but you can only right. run the green number when you're running your 11th comrades, okay. so to speak. So that's a bit of a draw to some foreign runners, but obviously it does come with a bit of a price tag. You know, mm. yes. like let's say the fee now is about 250 pounds worth. Oh, wow. Okay. About $280 or something like that. And then you've yeah. got your flights and your Oh, Don't forget, we're Canadian. So that's like 400 yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot. Eh? Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it does add up. So you've got to write your little piggy bank to go out there. But it's definitely one for the bucket list, you know, even many, if you just do up and you're done. You know. How many people uh, enter this race every year? What is the max? Well, we've had, we've had like 25,000 in the past. Wow. But at the moment, I think it's about fifteen to 18,000 that we're getting because okay. it's going to take a while for it to come back fully. And, of course, the cost of actually going out to do comrades for the foreign runners has become quite expensive because flights have obviously got more expensive now as well. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to qualify? You could just sign up and go? You do have to qualify, but you've just got to run a marathon in four hours and 49 minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. To qualify. Once you've done that, you're in. Right. Wow. So definitely no excuse for not doing comrades. <laughs> no. Well, it's on the list. It's you do like list. our Canadians out there too. Yeah. Yes, I think I think I've seen that actually. That I can see that it attracts. Yeah, large following. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. I think the well, Indian Indian um, contingent was the highest this year. Oh wow! That we've always had the highest showing prior to this. But India surpassed us this year for the first time, I think. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm. Obviously, we get about 80 different countries represented. It's a wow. bit like sort of UTMB, really. Yeah. Smaller mm. version of UTMB. Yeah. My coaches are in hard. South yeah. Africa. I am coached by Coach Perry. 
Oh, right. And yeah. they're a big contingency at Comrades, but they also promote two oceans, which I've looked mm. at, and it looks absolutely oh, two stunning. oceans is beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. So and maybe we'll just spend some time there and do both. I don't know. <laughs> Lindsay Perry will tell you that both races are very nice. I would say scenery-wise, I would have to say that that two oceans, 56K, obviously it goes all the way down the University of the coast through Chapman's Peak and along you know, that lovely stretch of coastline is very beautiful if you like running along a lovely seafront <laughs> but you know, comrades in terms of spirit um is just something that you will never probably surpass yeah, uh, yeah. when you sing shoshalosa at the start and you sing the national anthems and then oh. you hear the chariots of fire music being played oh. and the max <laughs> cockcrow which starts just before the actual start of the race yeah. It just puts goosebumps all the way up your back. And, I'm getting um, them now, just talking about it. <laughs> you watch those videos and you'll be hooked, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to... Yeah, we obviously have to talk about Western States. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what was your one ticket race that you did to get your name into Western States? Let's talk about the ticket race first, then Western States. Well, in 2011, I went out with my wife, Mel, and in those days, you had sort of country representation. So I sort of, I, I put my name down. My, my birthplace was Zimbabwe, Ferrari, right. Zimbabwe. And I managed to get in as a Zimbabwean. Oh. Ah. So I did Western States then. Um, my first 100 miler. Goodness knows why you want to pick Western States as your first. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a bit uh, pushing the boat out a bit. But of course, we unanimously decided, oh, it can't be that difficult. It's only 8,600 feet. It's the highest point. That's, that's a walk in the park, isn't it? It's not like yeah. that. <laughs> so uh, Mel and I decided we'd go out to run this. And then, of course, um, yours truly decided, no, it's first 100 mile, you've got to get a sub 24. It's not just about finishing it. It's about getting a sub 24. You know? <laughs> Talk about an ego trip. Obviously, Mel was a bit more sort of practical about it, and she wanted to finish it. And um, so I got to 78 miles and over Rocky Chucky. I see cold water when you had to wade through on that point. Yep. And um, oh, I was I was in a, just not feeling good after that. I was sort of like getting chest pain, and I was mm. urinating regularly. And I was, I'd been taking quite a lot of salt pills as well. So you would have thought that I would, and my body weight was actually increasing. I wasn't actually losing oh. weight. I was oh, increasing. dear. So I was retaining too much liquid and then mm -hmm. eventually sort of get rid of it. But I couldn't get rid of all these chest pains. And I thought, God, there must be something strange going on with me now. And I mm. um, said to my pace, who was actually quite a good runner, I said, I definitely don't think I'm going to be able to carry on. I'm sort of starting to have these out-of-body experiences. And it was about 78 miles in. So I thought, God, I've still got a ways to go, you know. Yeah. For about 18 and a half hours by then. So plenty of time on the clock. But I just couldn't get get going. Um, so I pulled out at that point. And when I got back to England, finally, I went to see a cardiologist. And they mm. diagnosed me with cardiomyopathy. So mm. a lot of run, ultra runners do have sort of an enlarged heart. Yes. Which I've got. And um, but that's not really an excuse for not finishing hundreds. Course, <laughs> <laughs> really not. <you> know? <laughs> so, don't have to shed any tears for me, and I'm not asking for any sympathy. <laughs> but the funny thing was, my wife Mel at the time, she went on and she did her 29 and a half hours. Nice. So she, and we had a pacer for her, and she did really well. 
awesome. wearing a Western States t-shirt there. <laughs> and then of course it was time to go home on the plane. <laughs> and I was so sad that I hadn't finished. I said, no, nope, you're not allowed to wear that t-shirt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no way. They want to see your medal. They want to see that buckle. And I uh, knew I had a score to settle, um, a big score. So Absolutely. I was lucky enough two years later to get back in this time as a South African. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. They must have it's stopped doing that, right? Yeah, uh, they've stopped doing it. It's just a ballot now. Hey, right. So okay. So, got back to Western States in 2013. So how uh, did you? Get, oh, I see. So you didn't have, you didn't have to do a ticket race to get no, to the, no. You just went in. Okay. Back in those days, we were quite lucky. I mean, if you we sort of did have names in the hat, but they still had two people, usually two representatives from each country. So let's say with only say three from Zimbabwe or three from South Africa, and you had a like sixty-six percent chance of getting in. Okay. I got in the second time in twenty thirteen. It obviously wasn't as difficult in those days as it obviously is now. Right. You know? And um, yeah, I managed to get back there and thought, okay, this time I'm going to really make it work. Done all the training, did some really fast marathons, blah blah blah, and um, off we went. And I was just so focused and um, I had very good pacer. Yeah, I got the job done in 2238. So I got my nice. silver buckle and settled the score. Happy days. <laughs> and <laughs> then I came was... home on the plane with a Cheshire cat smile. I can show you. <laughs> and that was the year that Timothy Olsen beat Rob Carr. So that was a big year. Yep. That was a got big to year. meet Tim at the end of the race. And uh, yeah, what a lovely guy he is. And his wife and his little child. And yep. uh, obviously, Tim's had a, a, a past. Um, mm-hmm. Before he became an ultra runner of note. Yes. And uh, he is such a character and, and real champion. So it was quite a privilege to meet him and obviously Gordy Ainsley and <laughs> my friend Ian Charman, who's obviously done nine top 10 finishes, was there. Yes. We did pacing together at Montalic with Ian, and he's uh, obviously the official coach now for Western States and director of Sky Running. So yeah very good. Um, very good that's nice nice being out there with all these lovely people and i met <laughs> greenwood in a bagel shop did you know <laughs> and i didn't even know who she was oh gosh <laughs> that was humiliating but anyway <laughs> one one comrades oh okay sorry <laughs> anyway, ellie if you're listening i'm sorry about that well, <laughs> we're, we're gonna next. tag her now we're gonna tag yeah, her we're gonna exactly. tag her go to this mo this minute yeah. mark in the podcast yeah. see if you remember yeah. this guy who who dissed you in the bagel shop in the bagel <laughs> shop yeah <laughs> oh my gosh but well, ultra runners are such humble people yes <laughs> we want to get on to some uh honorable mentions but before we do Obviously, in 23 years, you've had your fair share of injuries and and major ones at that with your knees. But you're 55. You're still doing it. You're still going for it. You have you have some goals to still reach. So what advice do you have for people that might be down because they're going through injury and haven't competed in a while, but still want to be in the game what, what what do you have advice for that because obviously you've probably gone through some pretty high highs and some pretty low lows in your Definitely. journey hmm. and i think you know obviously the long and short is that most ultra runners at some point in their ultra running career will actually have injuries we are only human and you've really got to see the light at the end of a long dark tunnel because psychologically it beats you up you know mm. you do feel like you've been floored by a left hook from mike tyson um and and that's that that can't be pleasant so you don't really know how to deal with but you've sort of got to 
I think you've sort of got to reinvent yourself. So I've mm. had to do quite a lot of that recently, you know, been going to the gym quite frequently, mm -hmm. turning into a bit of an Arnie, not quite that big yet, but <laughs> I'm working on it. And then uh, sort of getting into a bit of gravel biking. Oh, okay. so obviously, there's a lot of guys, Anton Kapitschka for one of them, who's obviously yeah. been injured quite badly, Jeff Rose, people like that. Who and Rob Carr, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob he was, he had his knee reconstructed, didn't he? Yeah. And then back to win level. Yep. Yep. But obviously, they go through a long, dark tunnel and they've got to reinvent themselves. And I guess whatever it is that you love doing, you've got to sort of go sideways with that. Mm. And actually, try and find something else that gives you some modicum of satisfaction, like biking or swimming belly dancing, whatever it is. You know? so, <laughs> keep moving is the key. So, yeah, keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> and probably reading inspirational books because it, it's happened to most people at some point or another, hasn't it? So, it has, yeah. And uh, I guess that's probably the only way you can really sort of be positive and make a positive step forward and hopefully get over your injury in due time and get back on the saddle and keep riding your horse into the sunset. I think that's great advice because really it's all about balance and too much of a good thing turns into not so good, right? And I think that especially as you get older too, the balance is really important. So the cross training and, and having all the things in your life that support the yes. main goal, yeah. but without the support, you're probably not going to be able to continue. So I think that's great advice. That's right. Right. And for inspiration is the people to listen to this podcast. This That's is, right. This inspiration. Hopefully some people will be inspired here. <laughs> it's, it, it is quite difficult though, isn't it? Because if you've, I think with being an ultra runner, you've got to be a bit of a stubborn mule, really. If you don't have blinkers on and you don't think you're going to actually achieve running 100 miles, which is no mean feat, mm. then you're probably not going to do it because right. you just don't have it upstairs. You can have all the training under the sun. When I did Leadville, I realized you're standing cheek by jowl next to the most gnarly, wizened, sort of sinewy people you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> that looked like they've just come out of a John Wayne movie. Yeah. But they probably, not all of them finish because some of them obviously get pulled out because obviously oxygen saturation level is not good enough. You're not acclimatizing, which they do DNF you for at, at Leadville, as you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> drops lots of really tough ultra runners get dnf'd for that whether they like it or not and then of course fitness wise yeah you can be as fit as the butcher's dog but if you don't have the mental strength to put one foot in front of another when you're completely ko'd and you're on the mat <laughs> then, then it doesn't make any difference because no. you don't have that headspace that's right and i mean i did leadville i only managed to crawl in with about 25 minutes to spare and i think i had to run the last 13 miles full right. on to get it done because going down Hope Pass beat me up. Oh. Oh, I, we know Leadville very well. <laughs> Leadville's a tough one. You know? oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got lungs the size of Killian. Not many people do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leadville was a lot of fun. He's about the only person who makes it look easy. <laughs> Pretty much. Too. Yeah. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. Calling all trail runners to come on out to Mansfield, Ontario this May. The Lost Treasure Trail Race features both the 5 and 10K on the beautiful trails of the Mansfield Outdoor Center. As the story goes, the American outlaw Jesse James buried a barrel full of gold coins stolen from a train on his relative's property somewhere in the hills of Malmer. You'll earn your very own coin medal when you cross the finish line. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now back to Jody and Norm.
Oh, I wanted to ask you, David, about, because we hadn't heard this term before, but I think I read on your website that you have a goal of completing all 28 European states, and you have four uh, left. Yeah, European so economic area. Yeah. Economic. <laughs> yeah, no, what it was is just like, it was always something that I wanted to do, because I couldn't do what some people in the UK have actually done and done all 50 US states, because you've got to have a right. Swiss bank account for that, which I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's feeling generous out there but anyway <laughs> but uh so the next best thing was to do the whole of europe and just the eea so mm. actually as it stands at the moment i've only got one country left to do funny enough which is Liechtenstein. oh only one left okay one left and that's that's the last one because wow. i did Ljubljana last year in 450 and then i couldn't walk for about a day and a half afterwards, limping like hop along Cassidy with my dodgy knees. <laughs> Even my girlfriend Ramona had to go and carry my kit bag, you know, and go and get my bits and pieces that I'd left behind at the finish because I was right. all over the place. But yeah, I mean, um, Liechtenstein is a trail marathon because it's a very small country and they don't even have enough space to do a road marathon. So that's still on the bucket list yeah, if I can good. get to new knees. So, so what's the difference between EEA and EU? EEA is sort of like all the European economic area countries. There's uh, 30 member states or something. Okay. It encompasses everything, I think, basically. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like comparing it, like you said, to the US. Pretty much everywhere that has a, a European marathon, really, is what I wanted to do. Okay. So, okay. okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah it was just a sort of personal goal, really. You know, everyone likes their personal goals. Yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, Obviously, I think going back, if you had to say one of the, the nicest races was, was Seville. Because mm. I was to fit back in the day and I managed to, the first time in my career, break 250. Ooh, and nice. did it in 249 when I was about 46 years old. Wish I could run like that now. But, you know. <laughs> but a great place to be is you can go uh, and have a tapas in the evening and go and drink your oh, little yeah. beers there and take in all the scenery. So yeah. a nice sunny part of the world. Hey? Absolutely. Another honorable mention is your Guinness World Record. Mm, okay. Running in a wetsuit, London Marathon. Uh, Does that record uh, still stand today? No, there was a, there's someone who's beaten that, actually. When I did it, I did five, uh, 325. Uh, 325. And the Guinness World Record initially, no one had ever done that before. So I approached Guinness and I thought one, one day, I don't know, must have been training for for bad water or so. let's see if i can run a marathon in a wetsuit why not because it's great training in the winter here because you don't have to worry about washing your smelly running clothes <laughs> if you're going to do your training runs in a wetsuit you just hang it up in your bathroom afterwards <laughs> and save a lot on your bills <laughs> Good so one. Thought, let's see if we could actually sign up to the london and run in the wetsuit because i raise money for guide dogs for the blind because oh, i've nice. got no basically oh. no peripheral vision which might explain why i used to get lost on 100 milers you know? <laughs> i've got a condition called rp really retinitis okay. which basically means no peripheral vision basically okay. so, oh. so anyway um yeah I, I raise money for guide dogs because i love that charity and i love the animals so um, when i did london in a wetsuit i raised money for them nice and um the remit was that you, i had to break four and a half hours because they'd never had anyone do it before. They initially turned me down and they said, no, it's too dangerous. Mm. Uh, and I said, well, why? Because you've got people, you know, running London Marathon in 1920 diving kits and, you know, <laughs> firemen with all their fire clothes. Yeah, I was on, just going to say whatever, that. Firemen you know, here. Sort of, 
doing all sorts of weird stuff. So eventually they, they reviewed it and they allowed me to go ahead, set me that benchmark time, which I fortunately managed to break. But um, what it was, as part of the rules and criteria, you couldn't take that wetsuit off for the entire time. So, of course, you do realize that you've got to pee in it. Yeah. You're going to be drinking about three times the volume of liquid because you're running in a four mil neoprene <laughs> wetsuit. You are going to be hot, you know. The faster <laughs> you run, the hotter you get. So, um, yeah, that, that was quite an interesting one, actually. After about two miles, my feet were soaking. It was like running around in sloshy galoshes. Oh, yeah. So, um, but it was quite funny running past some fairly decent club runners at about the 320 pace and wondering, and they were, who's this bloke? We're running past the wetsuit. Let's put them up. Turn our feet together. So, uh, yeah, that was wow. quite amusing. Yeah. And what's the new record? Do you know? Yeah, I think it's um, something like 3.15. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Not but you, have, you have to be a sub-3 runner to run that sort of time in a wetsuit. Oh, yeah, yeah, regular yeah. sub-3s in those days. Obviously, that's like so. a dream now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, sort of the pacing-wise, it was quite tricky. And <laughs> getting the electrolytes in was not easy. Chucking bottles of water down the back of your wetsuit to keep your core body temperature down was what I did. Yeah. Hat and nothing on underneath by my undies, you know. So it's a terrible sight to imagine, and no one wanted to get, get close to me at the end of it because I probably smelled worse than a men's urinal after. <laughs> did you, how much weight did you lose? Yeah, quite a bit, and I ended up having to go to St John's ambulance afterwards because I was quite high, hyperglycemic, yeah. very light, as you can imagine, and put my feet up. I knew what to do, having been on IV drips before, and I didn't want to go back on that. No. So I just said to them, leave me alone, just give me some Lucozade and some Coke, and I'll put my feet up at a 45-degree angle, lie down for a bit, convalesce, and then I'll be as, as right as rain. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, we might have missed it, but what's the deal? Have you raced in Canada, or what's going on here? Have you ever raced in Canada? <laughs> Come on. And now. if you I've haven't... been to Canada, but no, is the answer. What? Unfortunately. And Paul and Katie live in Vancouver, so... Yeah. Yes! It would be good to do a Canadian marathon or something, at least. Well, uh, you need to put that on your list. You're yeah. I know you're race directors, aren't you? So. Yes, we are. <laughs> Find me up now. Okay, let's go. Come you to... just get my new knees, and I'll, I'll come over and do one. Yes, please. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. And likewise, if, if you're ever in the UK, please come and do one of my Hermes running events. That was our next that's, that's our next question. Let's talk about your race series. Took the words right out of your mouth. It's me, Loaf would say. Okay, so I've been race directing for 12 years now. It just started off as a hobby back in 2012 with my ex-wife and uh, started a race called the Thames Meanders, the inaugural event. Probably only had about 25 runners for the first one, which went through this lovely park called Richmond Park and the new run down the banks of the river, Thames, out towards Barnes, Barnes Bridge and back again. So that race has been the flagship event and we used to get about 800 runners. We're down to about two, 300 now because of the pandemic. You know, so right. things are taking a while to bounce back. I think every race director in the whole of the UK is probably struggling a bit. Mm -hmm. And sure. maybe in Canada too. I mean, oh, maybe yeah. tapering off of, of run accounts mm -hmm. for similar reasons. But uh, so I did that one and then sort of it evolved from there. And I've got three Thames Meanders every year now, one nice. in March, uh, one in October, and uh, one, one sort of around about June, July time. 
And then I've got another one called the Buell Water Series, one in May and one in September. And that's around a lovely lake in, in Lamberhurst in Kent, mm. in the, one of the largest reservoirs in the southeast of England, which is absolutely iconic and probably the most beautiful one of all the races I do. And then two others, Magna Carta, which is in Runnymede. It's basically on the banks of the Thames, near where the Treaty of Magna Carta freedom of rights was signed by wow. king john in 1215 so nice. the actual medal is a scroll of magna carta so, oh you know, cool that's quite nice okay you've the got, got one is, yeah we do actually yeah yeah we, we invented that word i think yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there are some beautiful places here right by windsor castle of course so mm. uh, the, the home of the royals eh? what have you got in june north downs north downs is in july um, okay. And that's the hardest race. Mm. Um, the Centurion series is also a 100 miler, which takes place in August. And the, the part of my course is on the same route as that. But okay. it's very gnarly, lots of routes sticking out. Just the type of course you like if you like things like Hurt 100. Paul, are you listening? Uh, so, <laughs> that's on his doorstep. So no wonder he likes Hurt 100. You know, exactly. That's his little training ground. You know. Only certain people like running along routes all day long, you know, not me. Uh -oh. my hands up for that. Well, you know, I'm sure you're not either. No, I but, like free-flowing. Uh, <laughs> I like free-flowing too, yeah. That draws out a different type of person. So, of course, we, we kind of encompass all types. Yeah. It's good fun. Yeah. But so challenging. Which one, you, which one do you recommend for us to come do one of your races? I think Buell Water would probably be the one I'd recommend. Yeah. Okay. Fairly undulating, not really too tough, probably about three out of 10 on the Richter scale of toughness. Okay. So, not a pancake course, of course, but very scenic rolling hills and lovely vistas of this lovely reservoir the whole way around. So and what's the distance? The UK, be my guest of honor. <laughs> what's the distance? <laughs> um, there's different ones. There's a 10K, a half marathon, marathon, and a 37 and a half mile ultra, which is three laps of okay. the course. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll put the information to link to your website in our show notes for everyone that's listening. Be great. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And, uh, Reciprocally, I, if I'm in Canada, I'll come and look you up. Oh, you have to give have us to a do heads one up. Of your races. And you I do. see you still do virtual events as well, don't you? Yeah, we so. do. We do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't think that's necessarily going anywhere in the immediate future. So why yeah. not? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter where they are in the world; they can still run it virtually, can't they? That's, that's right. right. It's that's quite right. good over the pandemic to do virtuals. I did a few myself, but when I was looking at your website and I saw that you do virtuals. I mean, you probably still get a few people wanting to do those, don't you? That's yeah, it. absolutely, we do. Yeah. yeah. So easy as a race director, you yeah, know. <laughs> this, isn't it? Sure so is. I could be that easy. We'd do hundreds of them every year. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, David. It's been a fascinating Thanks chat. Thanks very much. Yeah, but before we let Lovely you go, we, we like to end with some rapid fire questions, just for a little fun. Okay. You ready for some rapid okay. fire? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. It, any tattoos? No. No tattoos. Okay. No tattoos. Uh, no tattoos. What's the last concert you went to? Mm, Dead South, actually. Oh, okay. British band? Have you heard of them? No. Country music. Oh, country music. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. No, I think they're from the USA, actually, Dead South. Yes, yeah. I, I think mm. But I do like my American country music, too. Okay, good to know. 
Star Wars or Star Trek? Mm. Star Wars, I suppose. So I don't really <laughs> like sci-fi very much, but <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Let the force be with you. <laughs> Could be our mantra on the next hundred miler. <laughs> <laughs> What's another sport you'd like to excel in? Mm, that's a good one. If I had if I had a second chance at what I'd like to do and be a pro at, it would be a pro surfer. I'd love really? to do that. And I'm not saying it's just because you've got a surfboard under your arm and gorgeous women around you. <laughs> but I can imagine worse hobbies, you know, and not breaking yourself in two would actually be quite a good way to make a living. Flying <laughs> over the world, going to Hawaii in Australia and South Africa to do surfing competitions. So, yeah, oh. that would be something. I'll be in for that one next time. <laughs> we have not had that answer. That's no, really cool. Surfer. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Hmm. I'd probably go back to sort of the Paleolithic age, actually, mm. hunter-gatherer. Yeah. And then we could see how we could really eat proper food, you know, <laughs> hunt and gather. But they must have been quite ingenious in those days. So it would be quite interesting to go back just to see how, when man first arrived on this earth, how they managed to look after themselves. Yeah. And everyone ran. And build fires and eat proper food yeah. and run yeah. after their prey before the prey ran after them. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone was a runner. Got, <laughs> we've got these bushmen in South Africa, obviously, that sort of reputed to be one, some of the oldest civilizations on earth, you know, and they know exactly where to find water. They eat holistic food and they're as foot as butchers' dogs. You know, they can walk all day in the African sun. God, I wouldn't mind being like that. It'd <laughs> 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 be nice. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, David. We really, uh, really enjoyed chatting yeah. with you. And we could chat for another three hours, but yeah, we could have very easily. Uh, thanks for a great, in got great podcast. Lovely to talk to you. And um, I look forward to coming and doing one of your races one fine day. Yeah. And as will we. Yeah. Just don't get me on the skiing slopes, please, because I'm headed <laughs> to Eagle Edwards on skis. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we don't have any of those in Ontario. You, okay. you'll, have, you'll have to worry about Paul convincing you out there, because he'll be wanting to drag you to the ski slopes. But well, not my here. other half lives in Munich anyway, so she can ski pretty oh, well. Oh, there we go. Mine is very good, but I can't. <laughs> but we'll try and stick to putting one foot in front of another. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we okay. hope things go well for you with the surgeon. Uh, Thanks very much. Yeah, and I know how you feel because I've sort of had a, my battles as well with my hips. Yeah, and I've seen three surgeons, and they basically all say that it can't really help me, but don't stop running. That's what they keep mm. saying. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, I hope all the best for you. Yeah. Thanks, and you too. Yeah. Nice to speak to you both. Thanks all for right. having me on your show. Cheers. Thank you. Well, it was a pleasure. Absolute <laughs> yeah. pleasure. We'll stay in touch. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We'd okay. love that. Yeah. Okay, Cheers, care. David. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Okay. Cool. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Well, that conversation could on could have gone on a lot longer. We barely scratched the surface with all the races he's done. I know. Honorable mentions. Uh a hundred of them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know what to say. Great storyteller and funny. I've never heard the expression fit as a butcher's dog. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> Love that. And every race we did chat about, there was a story to tell about it or something happened, falling down or <laughs> not knowing who Ellie Greenwood was or how he DNF'd Western and then yes. had to go back. Yes. It's just yeah. unbelievable. And he just came into the golden hour at Leadville. It just goes on and on. Yeah. 
Well, as it does when you get into these <laughs> long races. But wow, fascinating. And we didn't even chat about marathons. No, we, just we didn't to, even chat about marathons. We just stuck to our our niche. Yeah. And Marathon is a whole other podcast. Whoever wants to take them up on Marathon. Yeah, go for it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's lots of stories there too. Oh, boy. But definitely wish him well with the knee surgeries and hope that he can continue running. Get back in the game. He has one more E-E-A. Economical agency, European. Blah, blah, blah. He has one more <laughs> marathon to do there. He's got to get it done. Come he on. He will. Okay. He will. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at gotterunracing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.